Hey guys, welcome to episode 216 of the podcast with my very, very belated uh, boy of summer, Todd Anderson. He plays, of course, my obnoxious, ridiculous husband, Vernon, on the uh, fantastic show, You're the Worst. And uh, we had just been trying to go back and forth with um, getting our recordings done. And finally, we were able to um, stitch together the last of it very recently. And I just didn't want to sit on it. What am I going to sit on it for a year? So uh, here it is for your enjoyment. Um, I need to get caught up on ca- uh, uh, shout outs, but Thank you so much to those of you who already have watched the LA Podfest, Podfest show. You guys have the opportunity to see not just that show on video, but also all of the shows from Podfest for just $20. And uh, all you have to do is go to LAPodfest.com and uh, enter the code JV Club. And I strongly encourage you to do so. I saw a few shows while I was there and I loved them. And, uh, and I think it's beyond worth 20 bucks. So... I think you should do it. But uh, listen, I don't uh, troll for you guys to spend money on anything related to me very often. But I mean, I really recommend it. Uh, if for just uh, my podcast and um, and stuff you should know alone, but also Never Not Funny and um, Comedy Film Nerds and just a million others. So um, uh, that is something you can do. LAPodfest.com, uh, enter the code JV Club, and you'll have um, almost a whole month to watch uh, a million of these shows. Okay, and uh, enjoy this episode. And I'll talk to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. What, my duet by Apogee? Yeah, what is that? A duet by Apogee? <laughs> is that one word? <laughs> you made it sound like it was like a munchie like a Pokemon <laughs> of the Pokemon variety. Munchie-chis are soft and uh, cuddly. That's true. Is that part of their little song? Munchie-chi, munchie-chi, oh, so soft and cuddly with the thumb in the mouth. They're really sweet. Ha, la, la. Okay, first of all, ah, that is happy, a lazy happy. jingle where you're just <laughs> describing what you're staring at. I forgot that they had their thumb in their mouth. Yeah, it was gross. Like it made you feel okay as a thumb sucker to yeah, have a toy that it was encouraging thumb. thumb sucking. Can you pull the thumb in and out? Yeah, you could. You could. It would, mm. but it was very controversial because because <laughs> you're not supposed to suck. You're your not thumb supposed to child. suck your thumb. It was like my puppy puddles. Oh, that, that puppy peas. Yeah, you yeah, peed yeah, on yeah. the paper. But what happened was you'd give it to the kids, and the kids were like, "That's great," and they peed on the paper. Oh no! And so it was taken off the market because there was just too much urine. <laughs> There was a, that was the year that uh, there was too much urine in America. I remember Time reported all, on it. The whole country smelled like yeah. kids piss. <laughs> That's funny because I feel like nowadays, don't you feel like there's so many toys? Like if you're going to, like if there's, if I guess if you're able to track that specific of a correlation... That's one thing, but that starts to lean hard into the argument of like, well, this toy gun or like this game yeah, that that's involves true. shooting. Like, well, it's sort of like the, the extreme a, version of that. A while ago, they took those uh, gummy, you know, those candy cigarettes oh, yeah, off yeah. the market because yeah. they're encouraging kids to smoke, but they're back. Yeah. You can find them. Did you? I I don't remember can. Oh, I guess I do remember candy ones, but mostly I like the gum ones because they were wrapped in wax paper, but there was a little powdered sugar or something in there. Yeah, so you, and you could puffed puff on it. it. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I didn't mean candy. I meant gum. 
I mean, oh, gum yeah. is, is gum not gum, candy? but not gummy. Because gummy sounds like it's like wiggly, like a gummy worm, <laughs> which would kind of be a fun, woo. Like a, it would, <laughs> don't smoke kids, it's too gummy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I think kids would not want to smoke if they thought the cigarettes were like gummy worms and then took a bite and it was yeah. nothing but a... Yeah, it's just a tastes dry, like garbage. Yeah, <laughs> a dry garbagey grass taste. <laughs> um, Todd, we're gonna do this mash game, fantastic, uh, because it's such a fun component of the podcast, anyway. And I think it is kind of a good way to learn about someone on the sure. off chance. And I also would refer people. Why don't you start the with the mash game always? Why do you end listen, with the mash game? Listen, I've thought about it. <laughs> how many? But, how much time have you spent? thinking about it days is it like are there sleepless nights a cabin retreat with myself and just (laughs) took off all my clothes and ran around outside Uh naked and afraid copyright whatever that's on (laughs) and i still wasn't able to start i guess i well here's why because um the information that I usually get in the podcast oh, get, kind of right. helps me think like, oh, I know this person doesn't like sports, so I'm not going to make a sport. You know what I mean? Right. It informs um, what you ask yeah, in the But I game. feel like we know each other well enough that I'm not too worried yeah, about Yeah, you don't really need game. to t- talk to me first to <laughs> ask me mash questions. I, don't even, I know I don't need to look at you. you. Don't I refuse to make eye contact with you. <laughs> you shouldn't. Um, but, what, but will you tell these guys about um, our episode of your podcast that we did together? Because that's also a good oh, yeah, uh, we reference did point. An episode of my podcast called The Toncast, T-O-N-N-C-A-S-T, uh, where uh, every week the host is different, but the very special guest is always me. Yes. And you hosted that podcast and we talked about movies for an hour. We it wasn't necessarily what we were planning, but we no. both have very strong and nerdy opinions about movies. We do. And there's a good like of the Venn diagram, there's a pretty good circle crossover of stuff we're passionate about, but then we're also interested in the encyclopedic nerd knowledge of the other for things that we right. don't know as well. Cuz we're both we like 80s stuff. Yeah. But I was more Action, action horror and you're more like, uh, like romantic comedy romantic but i liked a lot of those like, like yeah. romantic john hughes type yeah stitches you know what i just watched the other day what pretty in pink so good holds up so good holds i think up. it holds up too i auditioned for a movie that howie deutsch who directed that movie was doing and he doesn't direct really anymore mm-hmm. so it was one of those like I don't even care if I'm right for this or not. This is early on in my move to Los Angeles. I was like, I just want to know I was in the room auditioning for the person who right. directed this movie that was so iconic in my in my childhood, you know, yeah. my teenagerhood. The problem I had with it now, though, is because of the nostalgia. Yeah. Like, I was crying for most of the second half of that movie. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Some Kind of Wonderful. I think Some Kind of Wonderful is directed by Howie Deutsch. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'm sure Those John Hughes directed Those are easily confused. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there's no reason for me to have confused them other than that I uh, similar suddenly themes. was imagining Eric Stoltz instead of Molly Ringwald. Right. Similar themes, you know, like the friends, lovers, you know, friend zone versus lover yeah, zone. Exactly. Stuff happens. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, John Cryer, who I've never watched Two and a Half Men. Uh, I'm sure it's great. Uh, but uh, My Nana loves that show. Okay. Well, shout out to your Nana. Hey, Nana. Nana, could you come in here, please, <laughs> to this trailer? Oh, hi, she's Nana. just been standing around the backside of the trailer. It's <laughs> How you doing, Nana? feel bad. I told she, her this was going to happen a long time ago today. She but... who I am, oh, no. let alone you. <laughs> could we convince her that you are on Two and a Half Men? <laughs> we probably could. Okay, great. Yeah, let's do um, that. But, uh, but he is 
he's been co-hosting this or hosting, I guess, this um, podcast that I love called Undisclosed, which is Rabia Chowdhury's podcast, who mm-hmm. is the person who brought the Adnan Syed case to Serial. Oh, podcast. okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they've gone into a second season, and now they're um, attacking this whole other crazy case where this person seems to be falsely imprisoned. And um, and they have they'll do an episode where they just give a bunch of information, and then they will uh, do a following episode where they sort of answer questions and have a panel of people who aren't necessarily the people who were giving that information on the podcast. Right. Uh, and John Cryer volunteered himself to host it, and his fees all go to various le- sort of legal causes that he believes in. Sure. But he's re- I have to say he's really adorable because he totally gets... Like, he's very self-effacing about, like, I know you guys, why is Ducky hosting this podcast <laughs> about the legal system? Yeah. And it's just nice to sort of... When somebody is, like, goofy like that, well, it also kind yeah. of, you know... When he lip-syncs that song... Yeah. It is one of the greatest moments in 80s movie history. It's yeah, amazing. it was wonderful. It's, it's hard to imagine anyone else playing that role, you know? No, I can't really... imagine anyone playing it. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe I could have. You probably could have. If I wasn't in my small town. Well, you went from I can't imagine anyone else playing it to saying you would play it. <laughs> I, say, I say that a lot. I, yeah. I, I just yesterday said that about Rambo. So oh, sure, it's just, sure. it's not similar, really. Similar roles. I have an ego thing. Similar roles. I understand. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I feel like I have a lot of range. <laughs> you have a tremendous amount of range. From Rambo to Ducky and back again. Listen, I'm going to use that to get right into this match category. Okay. Let's go with... Mm. You don't have to choose those two, but let's go with we've sort of we're, we're altering history here. Sure. And so not only we're moving forward into this fictitious smash universe, we're also moving backwards. And many people uh, maybe don't remember that you starred as these characters in these three movies. Oh, they think in their mind, like if we were to say Rambo, they're like, oh, I thought that was Sylvester Stallone. You're like, no, remember, it was Todd. Uh-huh. Um, so what three characters, seminal characters, uh, have you, did you actually play? Um, uh, one was, uh, Ferris Bueller Great. in the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wonderful. It was very, uh, charming and wonderful. A little rapscallion. I was a rapscallion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was about having fun. Uh, but, uh, you know, my darker side, my heavier side, uh, I played, uh, uh Dirty Harry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, absolutely. In, in, you bet in you did. all five Dirty Harry films, including Great. the Deadpool. Great. And uh, finally, uh, I played, uh, and this is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> people, people totally forget that yeah. this is me. Um, but I played the uh, evil, uh, all-powerful alien mm-hmm. in uh, the film Stargate. Oh, wow. Uh, sure. Very sexy. Yeah. Kind of a pansexual yeah, vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was really. God, I did forget that that was you. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, though, it's clear to me that that. Yeah. People forget. You. You yeah. Know, because it was such an amazing uh-huh. performance. You really get lost in these roles. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Okay. Let's do. Uh, I-, I promise that I'll walk away from movies a little bit in a oh, second. Why? But, uh, it's but really why the only thing I like. Let's do. <laughs> let's get. Let's do three movies that you can uh, jump into, not to be one of the characters and not to go through the plot of the movie, but just to hang out just in that world. The, the, it's going to be where your vacation home is, essentially. You kind of vacation into. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I've heard you ask this question mm-hmm. in on your podcast. Because uh, I listened to it, and okay, so one is, and this is weird again, very strange, but I think I'd like to hang out 
like at least during the first act or so of the thing. Oh, okay. John Carpenter's yep. the thing, you know, with uh, all the guys and Kurt and Russell, I'll yeah. hang out with McCready or whatever his name was. I get it. I, w- I would hang out there. It seems scary, yeah. and uncomfortable, yeah. But I would just like to hang out. But we can pop in and out of this. That's right. If I when no, I get tired, no I can I can just you. jettison myself. Hundred percent. Okay. Um, another movie. This gonna. This is creepy. Straight up creepy, but probably behind the green door. Okay. Because that looks like a fun. Wait, what's uh, behind the green door? It's that porn movie with uh, <laughs> Linda Lovelace. Okay. All right. You know, it's I've like it's like a orgy room with a sex show. Sure, 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 you know? sure. It seems like a fun place to go. <laughs> you know what? There was a time at which I might have answered like on the risky business train. So oh. I can't. I yeah. can't fault you for that. Yeah, boy, did I wear out that VHS. <laughs> that spot on that VHS tape stopped working. Um, yep. Let me see. And a third uh, movie I'd like to hang out in. Uh, you know, I'm going to go The Wizard of Oz. And I'm not even a musical guy, but I always really like The Wizard of Oz, and I, I like that kind of road trip vibe. So I would do that. Did have you done the Dark Side of the Moon thing? Yeah, I don't. I don't I've never see it or hear it. I don't yeah. hear it. Yeah, no. I oh, you don't. I mean, there's like some coincidences. Tried, you but, tried to sync them up, but you're y- just like, this y- is a stretch. Yeah, people are just looking for well, looking for that. Yeah, uh, someone in a recent conversation about that, someone was like, I mean, you know, has anyone asked Pink Floyd if that was their intention? And I was like, no, and no one should. Actually, I don't know. Maybe someone did, but to me, that's a very postmodern thought. Like, it's very postmodern. It seems like. 90s the night that's when i feel like i heard about it and i don't know yeah. if that's something people were talking about up till then but I think to me the late it seems 80s very is when I heard it, it just first, seems very yeah. postmodern you know what i mean like i don't yeah. think that when you're when you're when you're pink floyd and you're writing an album i don't think you're thinking that consciously about some other thing in pop culture uh-uh. and going like you know it would be cool right like i just feel like it's like no. it's like uh i i read this interview one time with phil collins the great Phil Collins. No one's arguing with you. And uh, they asked him about that song in the air tonight. Yeah, which everybody oh, right, had right. this whole. They're like he witnessed a murder. He witnessed a murder, <laughs> and then he like watches the murderer drown and doesn't yeah, help him, yeah. and it was a revenge thing. Yeah, and they asked Phil Collins about that. Is that what the song's about? And he yeah. said, "No, <laughs> I just made up those lyrics that day yeah. on the spot." But I think it's great that that's yes. what everybody thinks. Well, it's that idea of reinterpreting art, you know. Pink Floyd would probably just say, no. Yeah, Pink Floyd would be like, excuse me, can our work speak for itself, please? This interview is over. This interview is over. <laughs> um, okay, wonderful. All right, Wizard of Oz, great. Um, okay, let's do three. Let me do three musicians. Uh-huh. They're your buddies. Call them up. You can go see their shows, hang out with them. They write songs about you. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, that's a little twist I just threw in. Uh, three. All right. Um, so the first two are going to be hard to relate to. Uh-huh. Um, I'll go most obscure first. Okay. All right. Uh, this guy named Matt King. Okay. He did this album called Rube. He's like an alternative country guy. It's, okay. It's really dark, guitar-driven mm-hmm. country music. It's awesome. Do you like Richard Buckner? Do you know who that is? Uh, I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. He's someone, he has this very strange kind of, he's, I guess he's country, but the same sort of thing. And like his lyrics are very odd and you don't really know what he's singing about. Uh, anyway. This guy's lyrics, I, I wouldn't call them odd. I just call them really dark. They're sort of about the under 
belly of America, you know, like like Garth like, Brooks' altered ego, dark. <laughs> yeah, but with like about like cooking meth and shit like oh, that. Oh, okay, you know? makes sense. Yeah. That sounds like. It like would a, be the Breaking Bad of country music. Yeah, or like, did you see that movie uh, Out of the Furnace with Christian Bale and Woody Harrelson no. and uh, uh, Casey Affleck? Oh no! Uh, but so, those three guys all really know how to do hardcore movies. So they do, and the, this is like super white trash. That that's what Matt King's music sounds like. Gotcha. That movie. Okay. Uh, so Matt King. Um, oh shit! I only get three, huh? That's right. God damn it! It's the nature of the beast. All right, I'm going to go... I'm actually... This is even more obscure. Great. Um, this is a guy... Uh, his name was Alan Miracatani. Okay. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago. He was the front man of this band called the Buddha Heads, which was an L.A. Heard uh, of? Roadhouse Heard of. blues band. So good. Yeah. Um, and uh, his his stage name was B.B. Chung King. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I love this music. He actually, my, my wife surprised me on my 40th birthday party and all my friends pooled their money together oh, and he played in oh, my backyard. Oh, shit. That's a classic right it, there. It was awesome. That's great. It was awesome. Well, Alan Maricatani. That's that's two. And then a three, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Ben Folds. Okay, great. Um, Martin Sexton was the... The other mm-hmm, guy I was thinking, mm-hmm. but I, I know I only get three. So I, I just shout out to Martin Sexton. It's possible you know personally that Ben Folds is a great guy. It's it, it, possible. possible. It's possible I had a half hour conversation with him. It's possible I saw some of that half hour <laughs> conversation happening. I was as happy as if I, well, I am your work wife. So I was as, I was standing in for Hillary right. as your happy wife. Yeah. Okay. Let's do, uh, let me do three. I'm going three superpowers. Three superpowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, flying uh, is one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like uh, the power. Is like having like all the trivia knowledge a power? Sure. All right. Because so I don't think that's going to be that is supernatural. Like that's not a skill. Like all the you trivia can ever have. Yeah. yeah. Like I can't lose parlor games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. Definitely a good use of I this. I might like more parlor <laughs> games if I had that power. Yeah. Um, and, oh, man. I just like that you call them parlor games because that really takes me back to, to the, your, finer times. Yeah, mm-hmm. when there were parlors and yeah. people had games in them. Uh-huh. Those are good days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess another one would be, hmm, 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 the power to heal. Okay, wonderful. There you go. Just as important as the ability super, to know all trivia answers. Super Jesus-y. <laughs> <laughs> He's the biggest superhero of them all. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, let me do God to get in the perennial favorite. Three foods in our alternate universe that are wonderful for you. Whereas here, not so wonderful for you. You can have without any... Pizza. Ramifications. Of all kinds. Yes. Whiskey. Mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the single malt scotch yep. variety. This is how the game is played. And I'm going to go with... Fuck it. I'm just going to add beer to that. Great. I'm just going to have whiskey, beer, and pizza. Wonderful. Which sounds like a really good Saturday uh-huh. night. <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are the standards. And I think it's great. Yeah. There's not... I, you know, I can't get too fancy, I guess, with that stuff. Well... You love what you love. I'm not going to fuck around. What am I going to say? Beef 
Cordon Bleu. Like that's not <laughs> that sounds on right. the top of my list. That just sounds like heartburn. And I realize that the, this category allows you to remove that heartburn, but I associate it so negatively now mm-hmm. with the feeling that I don't even crave it. Yeah, no, Do you know I get what I mean? it. Yeah, but there are still things I know I couldn't eat that I still would really want. Yeah, like I haven't let go of it just because it would make me feel sick. So sorry, beef cordon bleu. Sorry. Also possible. I've never even had that. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next category. All due respect to your wonderful wife. Oh. This can be someone from any time or place. It could be a fictional person. It could be just a character that an actor played. It could be the actor. Any age. Um. So like a like a a person that like a famous character or person mm-hmm, yeah. not just like an arbitrary person yeah if you're if you i mean listen if you're gonna list some girl you went to school with like goody for you but right right but who cares about that shit it's... yeah it's more fun this way um all right um this is uh okay i'm i'm gonna go back to porn great and i'm gonna go with 90s porn star debbie diamond okay what was special about debbie she just seemed really crazy <laughs> <laughs> she made crazy faces. She was a dedicated performer. Okay, great. And a consummate professional. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with her. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go with... Okay. Mm. All right. I want to pick a, a movie star. Yep. I'm going. I'm going with... I'm going to go with Angela Bassett. Okay, great. Um, for some reason, I'm picturing her in that space movie she did with James Spader, <laughs> which is not good. But for some reason, that was the image that popped yeah. into my head. So Angela Bassett. Great. Um, and why didn't I picture her with three boobs in that American <laughs> Horror Story is beyond me. I went, I went right to whatever that movie is. Uh, and then finally, again, I'm going to go back to Stargate. And this is super weird. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Jay Davison in stargate because i remember seeing in the crying game where he's you know the twist is Mm -hmm. that he's not a woman and the whole time i was like that looks like a dude right right and not an attractive woman at all but they achieved but then in stargate yeah i was like oh i was confused i have strange feelings i was confused i i'm very pleased because you gave the straightest male answers (laughs) i've ever heard (laughs) For certainly pizza, whiskey, and beer. Now I'm really sure. just like I'm tunnel visioning all of this. It's not fair of me, but I'm I'm very excited that you picked Jay Davidson. I think that's um, very progressive of you. Thank you, thank you. It and was, he was captivating. He was captivating. Yeah, yeah. Um, was James Spader also on Stargate? Yeah, I want to fuck a lot a real... of people who are adjacent, <laughs> adjacent to, to James Spader. Well, I wanted to fuck James Spader, so... Uh, there you go. I get it. I don't think I'm Talk there about, anymore. Sorry, like, Blacklist. Pretty in Pink. Yeah. His... I, his... Liked the, I liked him as a jerk and everything. Oh, I loved his... it. And then I saw him in White Palace, which is a very oh, sexy movie yes, with Susan, Susan Sarandon. Sarandon yeah. And uh, and still torture. And then Secretary. Like, he was really picking the good, like, slightly subversive, and sexy... Sex, sex Lies and Videotape. And Sex Lies and Videotape. To this day, is one of my Absolutely. favorite movies. Absolutely. Like, that movie changed... The way I looked at movies. Yeah. And sex. And yeah. I wasn't an adult really yet, but yeah. looking at, into and it, and 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 every other movie after that changed the way I thought I felt about Andy McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I thought she was a wonderful yeah. actress. Yeah. And then I struggled through many How were you with uh, her performance in Shortcuts? I didn't mind that one um, because when she really loses it, I kind of bought it. Like I yeah. thought she... I think the key with her is... And this is true for with Soderbergh as a director in general. And maybe we've talked about this. So it wouldn't surprise me if we had. But like, I think he pulls out really phenomenal performances from people. I, I'm not saying I think JLo's bad in other stuff per se. But I've never seen her be like she was in Out of Sight. Oh, no. I totally agree You know what you. I mean? I absolutely agree I think he you. really gets some phenomenal yeah. performances Actually, out of people. Actually, Laura San Giacomo has never been better than she I was. I mean, she was so Strongly sexy. Strongly agree. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Peter Gallagher, same thing. Yeah, yeah. James Spader's of- the only one I feel like I felt as is as good in almost everything he does as right. he was in that movie. Right. And, uh, well, I mean, I think the exception is, I, I felt that he really put some shackles on Sasha Gray and the girlfriend experience. She, Didn't she wasn't it. showing, couldn't her, do it. Her Started f- watching it. was terribly bored. <laughs> that was just another bad porn joke. Uh-huh. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's a show, the girlfriend experience. Yeah. I hear it's okay. I haven't yeah. watched it. I re- I, I don't know. I'm not into sh- shows about, hookers and stuff yeah i don't know it's i don't know why no it's not it's not it's not really my cup of tea either no um this i've never done this before uh i want you to i think i've never done this before we've picked you some uh alternate universe companions i want you to pick some for hillary because i probably won't podcast her in the near future because i never see her why don't you give her like what's going on with her while this all this business is happening Uh, with you all right this is a nice gift. No, first and foremost, yeah. You know what? For for Hillary, yeah. Carl Urban, okay. Carl Urban, uh-huh. and Carl Urban, okay, great. Because I want her to have Carl Urban. <laughs> she loves Carl Urban. He's someone who uh, uh, I think is great in everything he does. Mm-hmm. He's sexy. Uh, he definitely has a sort of Brad Pitt good looks, right? But to me more interesting looking he's 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 rough around the edges rough around the edges that's what you need yeah yeah i'm surprised that he's not more of the sort of blockbuster leading man but maybe he just has chosen not to be because he likes more character roles maybe i that's a really good question i mean i think the main thing about carl or well i think he likes kind of genre fare because did you see dread yeah where he's wearing a goddamn helmet the whole time it's just his mouth yeah and he's really good. It's yeah. dead, and it's a really good movie. It, totally underrated and underseen. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, to me too, I think he's he's a proper man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's 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 it. that guy that the ladies like and the men want to be and the yeah. children want to be grow up to be like or yeah. whatever that I love phrase it. is. Yeah. Um, okay, for my last category, Don Would you like the Disneyland turns into something real category? Uh, uh, please hold on, guys. We're getting called on to set. We're very important actors. Okay, resuming. Resuming. D- uh, a mere two-day That's interim. right. Do you Enough remember t- Do you remember what you said for your these other MASH answers? I remember a lot of them. Yeah. And, uh, and I regret some choices. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I feel like there were omissions. Well. But the cool thing about that is I think normally your listeners... They hear about that yeah. retroactively from yep. you, but yep. they don't get to really experience someone full of regret. Yeah, this is what it lo- this is what it looks like, <laughs> audio wise. This is it, me staring it in the face. 
audio-wise. Audio-wise, yes. Well, listen, we only had one category left when we were pulled away. We could be pulled away at any moment. Yeah, it could really happen again. This really adds a, a sense of tension to the show that I, uh, I'm i very excited about. Yeah. Um, I'm on the edge. We're both on the edge, audio-wise. <laughs> And the last category I'm going to do, I'm, let's do like a skill. So you sort of wake up tomorrow and you've downloaded a skill, Matrix Style 3. Um, well, first and foremost, because of my regret of leaving the uh, Step Up franchise out of <laughs> <laughs> any choices I have, uh-huh. I'm going to go with, I'm just going to go full Lord of the Dance, Master of oh, All Dances. Wonderful. But with a specialty in hip hop, probably. Wonderful. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good choice. So I can be like a step up kid. Yeah, no, no, no. That's strong. That's strong. It is. What strong. are you going to do for your other two? Um, one is uh, I just uh, uh, an ability to learn any instrument mm-hmm. in like in the blink of an eye, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. instruments. Mm-hmm. Great. And three is a uh, incredible. Uh, medical scientific knowledge Mm -hmm. so I can Mm -hmm. cure all sorts of problems that people have. Terrific. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. It is. um, Especially because I don't know if you ever saw the the movie Medicine Man, but what if I lost the cure to cancer? Is that Sean Connery? That is Sean Connery. I've never seen it. Oh. I I imagine him in a safari outfit going through the jungle. He's a scientist and he misplaces the cure for cancer. That's what the whole... That's (laughs) rough. The whole movie Does is he that. know where his car keys are? But he, he doesn't <laughs> he know, know where He doesn't need a car. Is. He's in the jungle. Yeah. I, I don't think he needs a Wouldn't car. Wouldn't do him but, any good. But he's really mad because he can't find the cure for cancer. He just <laughs> <laughs> What form does a cure for cancer take? I can't remember that, uh-huh. but I think, I don't know, it's probably like a some kind of chemical or something mm-hmm. that he couldn't find. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Is that is is it related in any way to Lorenzo's oil? I don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. It's not quite that depressing. Okay. I remember that. All right. And also, got, didn't see Lorenzo's oil. It's got the you know the psychiatrist from Sopranos there. Yeah, she's in that. Oh, Lorraine Bracco. That one. Bracco. Bracco. Yeah. Okay. And they have kind of a you know, a, I guess you'd call it a sexual tension. Uh huh. Um, but he's very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Again. We none of us wanted to watch him having sex with someone when he's just lost a cure for cancer. No, I, yeah. and really don't want after like nineteen seventy seven. Don't really want to watch him have sex. Period. You know what? I can't agree with that because <laughs> I love Never Say Never Again, and that is for sure, sure. in the eighties. Yeah, but did you want to? Did you want to see oh, yeah. him humping in that oh, one? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I love about that one? That's the one with Kim Basinger, right? Mm-hmm. The out of canon mm-hmm. uh, James Bond. Yep. There's that shot where the evil guy uh, kisses her. And he's wonderful. And the, he's really good. But that kiss, there's like this gross string of spit. Yes, I totally remember that string of spit. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Remember how she had that like dance studio and she was wearing like kind of flash dance type clothes? Uh-huh. And he could, he had like from his evil lair booth, he could. Oh, like stop killing people and pressing buttons that would ruin the world right. and just look at her taking dance lessons that's on the yacht. where that novelist lady got the idea for room it's like the same oh interesting con- same concept and that's a re- and that and and never say never again is a remake of a different uh thunderball, thunderball? 
okay. I want to say. The, what, what, Thunderball, yeah, underwater. Yeah. Underwater. What I will say about that, and then we'll we'll finish up this MASH game, but might as well draw this out um, <laughs> because it will be really funny if we get called to set and I still haven't given you your answers, um, is that that has one of those classic underwater cave sets the never say never yeah never say never probably thunderball too but um well at the time thunderball had the most uh ornate underwater sequence oh yeah but that was and that was i'm sure it led to that but yeah that was like all the scuba kind of and same with this one where they're like moving a warhead under the water right but they bring it up to this underground temple and like Mm -hmm. that was that probably would have been if it hasn't been it would have been a mash answer for me with like this, to, this place you can only get to that's full of treasure and right. like old, I have an ant crawling on me. Yeah. Right. We uh, got we called go to set. set. This is what we were hoping for. <laughs> well, my friend, the results are in. We've, oh, got, your, we've got your test results. Mm-hmm. You aren't, you're not going to make it. Oh, that <laughs> I could have told you just from the way I've yeah. been feeling lately. That yeah. I was in I, uh, trouble. Very achy. I really should not have become a doctor. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I uh, for those of you who are who keep track of the mash games, um, not to worry. We just did the uh, eeny meeny miny offline because why not? Um, and uh, I feel pretty good about what's happened. Now, listen, Hill was going to end up with Carl Urban no matter what. Uh, yeah, we so knew. I want that. you to know that she ended up. With Carl Urban. <laughs> <laughs> not Keith. No. We didn't want to make that. Not Carl Urban. Not Carl Urban. <laughs> Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Uh, Great. So she's happy off doing her thing. I will let her know. Maybe she'll come and visit you in your beautiful house inside the Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Is it the one that landed on the witch? I mean, possibly. <laughs> Would you like it to have been? Why not? All right, great. Uh, your murder house, your your squash <laughs> house. It's not a murder. It was an accidental You're death. Right. You're right. Your manslaughter house. Um, your witch slaughter house. Involuntary manslaughter yeah. house. Uh, okay. So so that's a that's a beautiful place to go. Now listen, I don't know um who needs this in Oz, but I certainly know many people who could use it in the real world. You and these two things lined up perfectly together, which is that um tomorrow not only do you wake up with all medical and scientific knowledge possible, mm-hmm. but you also have the superpower of healing. Oh, wow. So you can actually do... Wow. Yeah. Very serendipitous. You can wow. actually do some good work. I can fix a lot of people in Oz. Yeah. A lot of like, people in Oz. right away. Immediately. The scarecrow. Get right to work. That's boom right. gets a brain. That's right. Tin Man Boom gets a heart. That's right. This road trip they went yeah. on, unnecessary. So unnecessary. Dorothy, back off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get away from them you're too yeah. much trouble yeah you can go to the emerald city on your own and i don't know what's going on with glinda and that boy in the bubble thing she has going on <laughs> like if she has some sort of respiratory illness uh-huh you're gonna break her right out of that bubble uh, she, <laughs> get her <laughs> out of able, there she'd be able to <laughs> travel without she her will be bubble. fun yeah she doesn't need that bubble oh, she'd be great um i wanted to say i also loved you as ferris bueller oh Thank you. What a treat. Thank you. Great movie. Yeah. Great performance. It was, a, it was one of those great times. Oh, God, it was great. Uh, I know that's something that you love to talk about uh, when you're drinking unlimited beer that has absolutely no negative effects whatsoever that's on you. That's the main time I like to talk about Ferris Bueller is when I'm hammered on beer. And you know who loves to hear about it? Ben Folds. 
Oh, hey, what's up, Ben? Your buddy Ben Folds. Let's talk about Bueller. That's right. Uh, over a couple of beers. Now, yeah. the last thing I feel sure he's going to have lots of questions about because it doesn't necessarily fall in line with uh, some of your other choices is how you ended up in such a loving relationship with Jay Davidson <laughs> from Stargate. Um, well, I mean, I think it's just kind of written in the Stargate. It was written in the Stargate. <laughs> And that wraps up our mash game. That was a great I feel mash game. Terrific about it. Look, I we're already thirty-four minutes in to this podcast, and all we did was mash it up. That's crazy. Um, so I'm just gonna like bullet point grill you, like uh-huh. in the most unpleasant, impersonal way possible. <laughs> okay. Where were you a teenager? I was a teenager in Sherburne, Massachusetts. Sherburne sounds made up. Is it real? It's a real place. It's next to Dover and Natick and Framingham. Those also sound fake. That's because I'm saying I'm in mild Massachusetts ease. How far is that from Pittsfield? These guys know it's really the only uh, time. The only main time I spent was Pittsfield, in Pittsfield. It's like uh, maybe half hour. Okay. Did you grow up on King Cone? King Cone? Mm-hmm. That was a place in Pittsfield that had a really great, like, frozen soft serve ice cream. No. No, I never went. I, we had uh, uh, CNL Frosties okay. in Sherburne. It All was right. very nice. They was the Frosty a character, or was it just... It no, was it was just, just called CNL Frosty, because they okay. serve Frosty uh, treats. Yeah. Of both the soft and hard varieties. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. <laughs> And uh, what were what was your high school like? Was it a public school, a private school? It was, was it a public school, mm-hmm. um, but it was very small, mm-hmm. uh, wealthy, uh, so it felt like a private school. Where? What did your parents do? My dad was an IBMer. Oh, okay, sure, sure, and sure. My, oh, you know what? My friend Meredith's dad worked for IBM. That's why they moved to Pittsfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had nothing to do with Pittsfield, even though he worked for IBM. Is, we was were, it in Pittsfield, IBM? No. No. I don't know why. That's just a weird coincidence. He worked in both. It's not like Massachusetts is owned by IBM. No. I mean, he worked he in it. both uh, Boston for a while and then in Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Cambridge, college town. Very nice college town. Yeah. I used to, uh, in high school, that's where we would go. We would go to Harvard Square. Oh, I bet. To hang out. Because Did, even Were though, you ide- easily identifiable as too young to be hanging out with c- the collegiate types? Um, yeah, I was definitely, they could tell I was a kid, but what, like we, we couldn't get into bars or anything, but yeah. there was a, a kind of a swing and scene in Harvard Square for those of us who had to stay out on the streets. Uh-huh. <laughs> I bet there was. And there were some nice bookstores and stuff, but we used to go and listen to, you know, street musicians, including the aforementioned I'm sorry, Martin. buskers? Buskers. Wonderful. I apologize. <laughs> buskers. We would enjoy some busking. Wonderful. Uh, including the aforementioned Martin Sexton. Oh, yeah, would, sure. Uh, play on the street. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Did, were you a late bloomer high school kid or did you, you know, were you like a shrimp until like I later on or did you I hit was puberty a, at a reasonable time? I was, no, I mean, I think I hit puberty at a reasonable time, but I was always like really skinny. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was tall, but skinny, mm-hmm. you know, I was frail. <laughs> <laughs> I was weak frail. and... 
and easily pinned down. Okay. And were you pinned down? Oh, yeah. I was, you got bullied? I, I got bullied a lot. In high school even? Yeah, freshman oh, and sophomore yay. year. By uh, whom? Football players? Sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, making football assumptions. players. And I'm right again. Yeah, you were right. Uh, led by a particular guy. And uh, every day after lunch, they would uh, gang up on me <sighs> and pick me up and throw me into the girls' bathroom just like Ducky. Yeah. And it was exactly like that. Oh, except it happened no. to me every day. So and Why then didn't this, they get tired of that? I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but the girls were very nice. And they had they were in there smoking and they had a coffee maker and shit in there. What? So after a while They had a coffee maker in there? Yeah, yeah. Did they bring it in and out with them or did it live somewhere? No, in the they like lived in the bathroom. Oh, wow. They made coffee and had <laughs> cigarettes in there. So it was weird. It was great. So I'd get thrown uh, in there and I'd be like, What's up, girls? Uh-huh. And they'd be like, Hey Todd, what's going on? Oh, the authority again that's what they called themselves the oh really authority ew i hate yeah. these guys and they wore uh t-shirts with question marks on them which at the hmm. time was a oh, t-shirt that, to get interested. That, that that signified questioning authority I which see. i always thought was the wrong t-shirt for their group yeah that seems counterintuitive because when i questioned them i was thrown into the girls bathroom and did you question them? did you just sass them no i i mean i think i sassed the leader once because like after a certain point when that's happening on a regular basis at what point does it become so ritualized that you don't even feel what you're supposed to feel anymore or did you always feel i i I think i kind of went i went through that i mean i went to the point where i was like okay guys it's cool and i would take myself into the girls bathroom Uh, ladies can i get a cup of joe Uh can i get a cig can i get a ciggy wow um yeah so i went and then I was numbed out to it. Like yeah. I went through a phase of terror. Yeah. Um, um, and then I went through a phase of, I don't give a shit about this anymore. Yeah. I'll just take my licks. Mm-hmm. And then I went through a phase of having had it. And yeah. that's when I went nuts on the guys and like was talk about flailing, like bad fighting, but at mm. least I was, it was just full energy impact and they had to get away from me because yeah. I was like helicoptering, trying, <laughs> trying to hit as many of them as I could. And then, a, terrible. A, and then an upperclassman who I did musicals with on that day stepped in and said, guys, fuck off. Yeah. And then they never bothered me again. How, did you, when that happened, were you like, oh, I wish that I would have had someone else intervene earlier or? Yeah. But I mean, I think it also, you know, he didn't know me when it started. Yeah. And and then my other, a lot of my buddies in my class were on the football team, but they didn't want to intervene at all mm-hmm. because these were upperclassmen football players. Right. And, and they didn't the hazing be, in the locker yeah. room on them would have been even worse if they'd stuck up for their friend. Right. So, I mean, shame on them. So everyone but. kind of knew this was happening. Okay. This has been... Certainly, the most complex uh, system of recording a friend um, on the podcast. We, but I, you know what? I pat us on the back for um, being tireless. I pat us on the back for taking the opportunities when we had them on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's more than I can say for you know, like Des or Chris. I still haven't gotten around to. So I'm I'm very very proud of us and our fake TV marriage. <laughs> Me too. I uh, it, for for us though, this is like. It's like a, a serialized cliffhanger podcast. That's, right. That's the way we're experiencing it. Your listeners w- right. won't. They'll be like, well, why is the mesh first? What's happening? But yeah. Why don't they remember that they already said a thing that they're now saying? <laughs> I know. Um, when we last left off, as I recall, 
I had taken up I had taken up with Jay Davidson. Uh-huh. <laughs> so much has happened since then, but you certainly did. You certainly did. And uh, um, and I told no, you, yeah, we really need like a we need a previously on <laughs> just for us. Yeah, that's right. And then and then I talked about being bullied, but then it's been how well, how long ago was that? Like three weeks, maybe more. So since then, I've contracted a, a poison oak rash. You really have. Um, oh God! Jacked I'm up so my sorry foot. That happened. That, it's it's. But I was actually, uh, you know, at the rap party the other night. Uh, I was uh, talking to one of the crew guys. I'm not going to say who because I don't want to embarrass him. But he uh, admitted to me, "Oh yeah, I got it all over. I got it on my dick." And I was like, "Oh, thank Christ! <laughs> thank I'm so sorry, man. Thank Christ that did not happen to me." I got it close. I got it close on my thighs and shit, but I was at least good enough. I was washing before and after that day just because my hands were so friggin' full of dirt and stuff. But well, that was my next question because I've never gotten, uh, I've never gotten either poison oak or poison ivy to the point where I've sort of done that really stupid thing where I've kind of decided maybe I'm immune, which I guarantee you is not true. I've probably just gotten really lucky because I've made a lot of really stupid decisions. um, And I can't imagine that I haven't brushed past it uh, at least once or twice, particularly like in Griffith Park when I'm kind of going off off road. Yeah. Um, But I think for whatever reason, but like the chances that I'm immune to it seem infinitesimally small. Um, Well, I don't know, but I, uh, but like, uh, it's sort of has this oily thing that if you touch other parts of your body that didn't make direct contact with it, you can also get it there. Is that? Yeah. Here's what I relearned because it's been so long. Because I used to get poison ivy. Uh, I'm I'm really reactive to it, and I used to get it growing up all the time. But you know, East Coast poison ivy over here, it's more a poison oak thing. But I guess the 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 chemical uh, makeup of the oil on the plant is is the same thing, and poison sumac. Gotcha. So if you're allergic to one, you're allergic to all of it. Um, gotcha. But the other things that I I think I probably knew this but forgot because it's been so long. Uh, but one of the things about it is it, you can be exposed to it you know, three to five times before you have a reaction. <gasps> Is that true? Yeah. How creepy. Yeah. It's like your immune system doesn't recognize it. So it doesn't do anything. But then after like the fourth or fifth time of exposure, um, then you'll uh, break out in a rash. And the other thing I learned also uh, the hard way this time around, which I forgot. And I think I knew this too. But it's again, it's just been so long. Is that yeah. if you if you are exposed, whatever clothes that you were exposed oh, in, you right. need to you need to if you're not going to burn them, if you want to keep them, you got to wash them three to four times. Oh yeah. So well, that's funny because this just comes on the tail of me having had a conversation uh, with this wonderful um, comic book artist and writer, Kate Leth, who was telling me about her. Um, experience with bed bugs in nova scotia oh i listened and, uh, to that yeah and how pernicious they are Ooh. yeah and uh and it's also it sounds like the same thing it's like if you're willing to bake your clothing 
<laughs> or do do some sort of crazy, you know, devil dance around a, a bonfire, uh, holding the clothes over it. Hopefully, they won't burn all the way to crisp. But yeah, that's uh, that's intense. And also, that again is the kind of thing that I would very easily like. I'm just not a grown up enough to not have things like that happen where if if I do get exposed to something like that or if there is a situation in which the right decision has to be made to not make something worse, I really feel like the chances are good. I will make every wrong decision to where I will be the person that's like, oh, no, I've had poison oak for seven months. Um, I guess I keep forgetting to wash my clothes or, you know what I mean? Well, it's really easy. Like this crew guy I was telling you about, he said, you know, I got I, – I, I had thrown my clothes in the car, you know? So Ugh. so oh, I got oil in my car and I can't get it out, so I keep – Winding up reinf- like reinfecting myself with the goddamn oil in my car, so yeah. it's like it, it's just one of those things. There's once you once you get it, you, you, it's such a hassle. Yeah, and that you know, on the internet says, oh, it'll last five to twelve days. That's that's total bullshit because you will maybe the initial rash that showed up will be gone in twelve days, but I can guarantee more will pop up. Because of right. just simple oversights and this this stuff is invisible. You can't see it. Oh, so yeah, I woke up the other day. I had another one on my leg. I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" And I went, oh. "I so like the worst part is you can't sleep, you know, because even if you, you, you like <laughs> my treatment for a while was just." getting really baked and getting in the shower <laughs> and burning the shit like turning the the hot all the way up and just like burning the shit out of the rash so i could oh. get like 4 to 5 hours of sleep but that then you you wake up God. in the middle of the night it's itchy and you get you know you get your whatever your sarna or your you know bond cream in, in your your, your calamite whatever it is and you slather it on but that only lasts for like 20 minutes so you just i haven't slept <laughs> I'm, oh, no. I'm no, such no. a mess. I am such and, a mess. And, and and you and I had that conversation too, where we both had like some weird scheduling stuff over the summer because we had several things going on and had to get to other things very quickly and without any sleep. And we're both uh, the kind of person who feels that disruption um, acutely opposed to people who are like, I don't know, I feel like I need like one to two hours a night and then I'm going to kind of take a couple naps during the day. And I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't get, I don't understand people like that. I'm always like, wow, I don't know how, how you live. Cause I, I really need to be in bed for, a, I got to get the eight hours at least. Yeah. Were you, have you always been like that? Where, and, and, and the other thing I was going to ask when I was thinking about the poison oak thing and the poison sumac thing was, were you an accident-prone kid? You know, I wasn't. My brother was. Um, yeah. But I did require a, a lot of sleep. And I remember at one point in high school, I, I, you know, I wasn't getting enough sleep because, I, one, I became obsessed with David Letterman. <laughs> So, so I'd stay up sure. to what, and that was when he was on at twelve thirty. Because you know I'm and old. You couldn't just and, and and like you didn't want to just record it, or maybe you didn't have the ability to record on a VCR. Yeah, no, I mean I did like that was another thing. You know VHS tapes, blank VHS tapes. Those those weren't cheap back then. You know, so I used those yeah. to like record movies and stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I mostly, I just wanted to stay up and see it when, you know, as it aired, cause it was exciting. Sure. And I had like a little, I remember it was yellow. The, the casing of it was re- this awful yellow color and it was an old, you know, black and white TV. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, used the antenna and I'd stay up late to watch Letterman, but then I'd have to get up and, uh, you know, I, I'd have to go to school and I'd be tired. So I was doing that for a while, and and then you know my friends would be like, "Hey, are you going to come out? Go, let's go to the movies tonight." Like in the middle of the week, and I'd be like, "No, nah, I'm too tired." And then <laughs> and then it got back to me that I was complaining about being too tired so much that everybody thought I was full of shit, and did. <laughs> And just didn't oh, want to no. hang out with them anymore. And I, so I had, oh, no. I had to have conversations with all my friends going, no, no, I'm really just fucking exhausted. I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. I have this whole second job at night <laughs> where I have to watch comedy. You're basically, I, it would have been more fun maybe for them if it had turned out that you were like the character in uh, summer school who was stripping at night. And that's why <laughs> you... I wish that's what I had been doing. <laughs> You guys know the Tata's a male stripper at night, and that's how he's saving up for college, right? I can't imagine the reaction people would have to a, a ginger male stripper. It would be, it would be ridiculous. I'm just too white to strip. Too white. Yeah, I understand. Uh, maybe not in Ireland. I don't know. I don't know what the stripping uh, requirements. Yeah, are no. I, yeah, I guess that's why I like the Full Monty so much because it had that one ginger dude who. Oh, I yeah. love the Full Monty. Now, uh, remind me because I know we started getting into school in terms of your kind of social experience with assholes, frankly. But um, I can't remember if you told me whether or not you're a good student. So if we talked about this, guys, get ready because this because you can pretend you have a weird case of deja vu. <laughs> it was. I was a good, uh, a, a good student. I was dedicated. So somehow you were pulling that off, like in addition to watching Letterman at night, because I feel like a lot of comedy fans would have just forgone being good students and just kind of, you know. No, no, I was good about. I would come home after school if I didn't have. It got more difficult during the, you know, when I was doing plays and stuff, mm-hmm. and musicals and whatnot, because um, you just have less time, but. On the on the off season, I guess you'd call it. I was doing a lot of getting home and just getting through the homework is, uh, right away. So yeah. I, I did that. So I was good. Have, but you didn't have and 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 you were talking about your friends and being tired all the time. It sounds like you didn't have you know buddies that you guys would come in and all be tired because you all watched Letterman. You all wanted to nerd out on how funny he was and stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. I I mean I I no, and I I also think it was you know it's that thing of I really am a person and always have been who needs full sleep, and I think a lot of my friends mm-hmm. you know didn't. They could just go you know all all day and all night and sleep for four hours and be good. You know, yeah. but I just, I'm just, I've, I've never been like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, and when what I about- s- say I was a good student, I just want to clarify <laughs> because I don't think like I'm not, I'm, I, I'm of what I think is average intelligence. So I had some honors classes and some standard classes and I had to work hard to get the A's and B's that I did. You know what I mean? Cause there were people that I knew who they were in all honors classes and they'd get all A's and they barely, you know, they barely had to work at it. Right. So I wasn't that. But, yeah. Yeah. But you had the, the sort of presence of mind to want to 
be good. Did you have did you have aspirations at that age? Like, did you have a sense of why that was important? And I ask that because, as you know from other episodes of the podcast, I still have this fascination with having foresight. Like, I feel like I cared, but I don't feel like maybe I'm just misremembering. But I feel like when I was a teenager, I just I wasn't imagining myself in the future I wasn't really imagining future Janet like I don't know that I was imagining like and then I'll have my backpack and my bike at college yeah I I mean as far I think I worked hard as a student just because I'm anal retentive and uh you know in that way not really rebellious (laughs) so I just wanted to get good grades to to keep myself uh, out of trouble. But I, I mean, I was my future imaginations were all, you know, uh, by the time I was in junior high, they were all being a movie star. That was <laughs> that was all I. I was like, I just I got to get these good grades so I can get out of here and go to college. <laughs> but I'm not going to use any of this shit. None of it. Um, but yeah, that, that's, you you think that's a weird juxtaposition? Like it's not, you know, it's not the, there, that idea is, is very interesting and specific because it's, there are plenty of people who, you know, those sentences would be broken up into two halves. One would have a different beginning and the same ending as yours, or would have the same beginning and a different ending would be like, yeah, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I got really good grades because I wanted to get out of the town I was living in and go, you know, have a life and use my education and stuff. Or the person who's like, yeah, I was like, fuck school. I'm going to be a movie star. (laughs) Like the fact that you were like, uh, fuck school, but I will do very well so that I can then ditch all of it to be a movie star. It really is really weird uh, when I think – when I look – but I don't know. My my life path is, is, is enigmatic, I guess. I mean I don't even yeah. really understand it. I don't – I mean my, <laughs> my parents were confused as to why I always wanted to go to the movie. And I saw every movie when it came out in the theater. I mean every weekend I would go to the movies. At least one, if not a few. And my parents were not movie people. I mean, they were barely. My dad put on the TV to watch news and and sports games, and my mom was just the news. So when I r- ran out to do, you know, to go to the movies, they were like, "Why is he so? Why is he always going to stupid movies? He's crazy." They they didn't they really didn't understand it. Um, Do you think that part of it was, I mean, is it a combination of being really fascinated and excited by the whole concept of entertainment, but also the escapism of none of this stuff that I'm getting excited about or watching has anything to do with, you know, getting shoved into a garbage (laughs) (laughs) to getting thrown into the the girl's bathroom? Yeah. um, Like, like poor Ducky. Um, exactly. Um, yeah, I I think the escapist element of it was probably why I liked it. But I mean, my, my parents did take me to the big ones. You know, they took me to see Star Wars when it came out, um, and and then they right. took me and my dad loved that movie. And then they took me to Raiders of the Lost Ark when it came out. And that movie ble- that was a good. That's true. And your childhood and mine were such a great era of like industry changing movies where we still talk about them being you know obviously that those players are still heavy hitters you know it's like lucas and spielberg are still 
very much in the zeitgeist. It's not like, oh, remember how everyone liked this thing that, you know, there, it's like there are certain things that sort of have the quality of like, oh, the VHS tape, remember that quaint thing? Ha ha. <laughs> like, for the most part, when we talk about major like blockbusters and stuff, they're all still really relevant, you know? From that era, from yeah. that era of us being like, oh my God, Star Wars, oh my God, Indiana Jones, oh my God, you know. Yeah, and it was... Star it, Trek, all that kind of shit. Yeah, and and that, that one-two punch of Harrison Ford is Han Solo and Indiana Jones, I think yeah, got, yeah. really did get under my skin. And, and Indi- Raiders, I had not just, you know, an emotional reaction to it, but a physical one. Where after those faces melted off, I mean, when we came out of the theater, I thought I was going to barf. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't see it in the theater because my dad wouldn't let me. But okay, well, I thought I was going to barf, and and but at the same, and I was shaking from that movie, and and yeah. that like impacted me hugely that I could have a physical reaction to a piece of entertainment. Um, yeah. and then I think That's for, huge. I think for a while, what I wanted to be was an archeologist. Sure. Uh, sure. Why not? But then, uh, when I, I really, uh, looked into it and realized that, uh, <laughs> archeology span is digging in dirt and, and digging up bones and looking at the bones right. and not, uh, running from giant, uh, perfectly round Rolling boulders. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe what I like is the imaginary uh, <laughs> right. archaeology, and that's and the the place that that would happen would be in the movies. So yeah. uh, that's how I and I and then the other thing was is I sucked at absolutely all the sports, right? All of them. I was terrible. Right. My uh, 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 I was in a soccer town. You know, I didn't even try football, but I, you know, basketball was the strongest I was, but I was never, I was either on the bench of, of, of the good team, or I was playing all the time on the really shitty team uh, with mostly younger players, you know, and we'd lose every game because I (laughs) was the best player. So, (laughs) and, and soccer, I sucked at, I got, uh, I got my nickname from my uh, friend, I put that in quotes, his, his mom, um, uh, after one of the games, well, they were walking away and she said to her son, Jesus Christ, that Anderson kid is useless. And he brought that story into gym class the next day and then oh. all the kids started calling me useless. So that was my uh, nickname oh, uh, for a couple of years and then – and it stuck – and then, but then when I, 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 a teacher just said, Hey, do you want to do this play? It was the, the butler did it. You know, <laughs> you know that, uh, play? Uh, it's, I can't remember if you told me about it. Probably. I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I may possibly have been on this podcast, but I, I, if it's, if it's like the similar kind of like, uh, palatable, goofy, almost spoof versions of like murder mystery things. Uh-huh. Like, that is something I did, uh, but it was called the Murder Room. <laughs> the Butler did it, kind of like that. It's it, sort of an uh, Agatha Christie type spoof. Or? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Or it, it's like a, uh, 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 it's like that old detective Marlowe. You know, I think gotcha. even the the character I was playing, who was like the goofy. Detective, his last name was Marlowe, but I, I can't oh, I can't remember all the details. But uh, but 
I did that, you know, got up the cojones. I remember being so damn nervous, but I did it. And the, the crowd reacted in a positive way. They laughed at my stuff. And after the show, I remember uh, this dude, Alan Mudge, who, you know, I wasn't super close to him. Really small town. My graduating class uh, was, I don't know, maybe I've said this on this very podcast before. but I don't know. God help me. I'm getting nervous that maybe we didn't establish what town you're from. <laughs> I feel I'm like. so scared because we were so all over the place. We've, we've done your podcast completely in reverse of its normal format. Yeah, this is like a memento <laughs> without the tattoos, basically, is the yeah. problem that we're facing right now. Yeah. So, anyway, my graduating class, I mean, it was two towns. In the town of? Uh, Sherburn, Massachusetts. Okay, and it was Dover time. and Sherburn, Dover Sherburn Regional High School. My graduating class was 84 students. Oh, yeah. So, it was very small. Um, but so when I say I wasn't caught, this is a guy who I'd grown up with essentially, uh, who said to me after this junior high play, he said, Hey man, you found your thing. You found your calling. And, and that, uh, that was, I was like, Oh, Oh, I'm good at something. Cool. I should keep. I love that it took someone else to say, you found your calling. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what? Oh yes, this must be it. I mean, and I think that's. You know, and then, you know, girls would talk to me all of a sudden and, and my... That was my next question was I uh, wanted to just verify that that cliche actually came true. That is absolutely true. Um, um, so it, it, my my career is entirely sex-driven. Um, sure. Uh, you're, not the, you're not the first or the only and you won't be the last. No, I, I think it's totally fair. Um, I'm a human being. That's what happens. Yeah. You know, you sure. you try to figure out how you're going to get laid, and then you know. Listen, you ended up with a beautiful, funny, hilarious, smart wife. So I did, and I wouldn't have met her. Like in the hardest years out here in Los Angeles, where I'm like, oh God, I can't get work. I'm broke. I'm uh, what? What should I do? Um, I always remind myself that if I hadn't chased this dumb dream out here. Even if it didn't work out, I wouldn't have met Hillary and therefore there wouldn't be Colby. So, you know, in my worst years, I've been like, I'm still glad I, I, I pursued this. Well, and ultimately that's what, uh, it should all hopefully be for all of us. Right. Is that like, that's the hardest part about, um, you know what I just did with Kate which is we we sort of as as sensitive humans we kind of go back and forth thinking about regrets or thinking about you know uh, this this thing that I endured that I wish I hadn't had to endure and that ultimately the desire is to be at a place in the present day where you are satisfied enough and happy enough and grateful enough about what you have that you really that the things you would change in your own history are smaller because you would never want to risk you know not ha- not ending up with the same reality like that Bray Bradbury story that got turned into I'm sure like 80 different movies about stepping on a butterfly yes yeah I yeah that's exactly how I mean it, my regrets that I would go back and change are mostly about treating other people poorly I think that's probably a fair... Yeah, you're like, and if I hadn't shit all over that person, I might never have met my wife. That does start to sound a little selfish. <laughs> <laughs> well, the meeting of my wife and the pursuing of my dream has really nothing to do... I don't think I ever treated anyone poorly. God, I hope 
I haven't, you know, but sometimes you have a bad day and, and then, you know, 10 years later, somebody's like, hey, why were you such an asshole to me that time? <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. All my, like, tr- pe- treating people poorly is more like social, you know, sexual, that kind of stuff. Like being a jerk, like in high school when I was an upperclassman, I was a jerk to some underclassmen. I was never a, a, the bully, but, you know, I could say some mean-spirited cracks, I guess. Do, do you feel like that was in reaction to, like, thank God I'm not the the butt of this anymore, rather than being like the protective, I went through this and I would never want anyone to go through this? Oh yeah, it was totally uh, upper upperclassman cockiness and and just enjoying that sort of uh, kind of level of power and abusing it. I mean, I didn't do it very often, but I did make fun of a couple people I shouldn't have. You know. Um, well, I have them both uh, on the phone right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're both in prison, and they oh both Jesus, oh God, sorry, yeah, guys. No, I know they're not in prison, Janet, because they're on my Facebook. Okay, all right. Well, they're on my Facebook. Actually, the guy Facebook, who God damn it, Facebook is just too. Uh, too it's made armchair detectiving too uh, too available. Yeah, it's too easy. It's too easy. But you know, I and you know some some women I maybe treated poorly. Not maybe I treated them poorly when I was young and getting into the dating thing because I didn't get in. I I I, I wasn't. I didn't have uh, a real sex relationship until i was almost 20 um and i and i went through and it wasn't for lack of trying you know (laughs) so Uh (laughs) when i got i got to a certain point where i had been friend zoned so many times you know so many times that i started I, i i i became rageful about it and i was like well and i made a very conscious decision to start acting like an asshole because it seemed like assholes you know it's that cliche god i really appreciate your honesty about this because it's that's really uh that's really a thing and that's um i know that that's something something obviously you you know preface all this by saying it's not something you're proud of but that's it's 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 just something that we're all capable of falling into and i think everyone likes to think that they're going to be the person like i said about the bullying who's like well, I rose to the occasion because I, I had gone through that and I would never want anyone to feel that way. Or, you know, I had been put in the friend zone and I would never want a girl to feel the hurt that I felt. And unfortunately, as a younger developing brain um, who's emotionally sensitive and fragile in that way, it's a real crapshoot whether or not you're going to kind of go down the road of like, take that, everyone. Yeah, it was. Yeah, my my early sex life had... <laughs> <laughs> had a, a vengeful quality to it, I guess. Oh, God, uh, terrible. Which it sounds really weird, but oh. I mean, it wasn't. You know, I I, I did actually make. I'm gonna I'm gonna be more of an asshole because it yeah. seemed. And it, you know, the the truth was is it was effective. Um, yeah. And and I was that way for a number of years, and then I woke up one day and I was like, I don't like myself like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I I stopped. Being an asshole, and and then did not get laid for two years. Oh God, so, that's so terrible that you like were socialized to learn a behavior that works and also is detestable. Yeah, it was weird, and I wonder. That's all. That's all of our faults. You know what I yeah. mean? That's all. That's everyone's fault. Well, and I think movies too. 
and entertainment did yeah. fuck up my perceptions of of yeah. of the relationship between you know uh, men and women yeah. and there was and i think it's less now i really do i mean i know we still have a long way to go um but there there's just so, so much more I mean, and I know I I, I've, I have to remind myself that I live in Los Angeles and I lived in New York and, and w- there, there's more progression, I guess, in this arena. But the sex positivity that right. exists now and, and – but I think it's like on a national level too. There's there's a lot a lot more awareness and it's – you know, and it, for me, that's not just about, you know, LGBT stuff. Um, it's also just about heterosexual relationships and the idea, it, you, the idea that women aren't because, like growing up, it's like they were a separate entity completely. Yeah. That I in my head had to capture, had to impress, you know, had to reel in, had to had to catch him with a fishing line sort of thing, as opposed well, to. As opposed to, uh, we're human beings uh, with different body parts, and there are different, you know, physical sensations. I guess to some degree, and 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 it's we are different, but we're human beings, so yeah. <laughs> it's not. No, totally, and like you know, it's, it it hasn't been that long, and I don't know what's out there right now, but I it just. You know, when I heard about, like, The Game, you know, which was, like, the guy who wrote that book that was it's very heterosexual. I mean, I guess it was... Oh, like, with negging um, and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was not very long ago. So, it is interesting when you when you feel like, you know, the, 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 the cultural and social and, you know, equality advances that we're making with even some more marginalized groups, which I would never trade out for, you know, more with, with, with heteronormative kind of stuff. But like, it, it is interesting, you know, that sometimes we, we, we push so far in one category that, that, that we sort of go, Oh, so I guess that must mean if we're looking at this now, that must mean everything's all taken care of with X, Y, and Z. And that's not necessarily true. It's not like it's a thing that doesn't, you know, still have to be looked at. And then you get into the whole conversation about like people thinking that people complaining about stuff are being shrill instead of, you know, actually saying like, hey, I would I feel better not hating women as a straight man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get an interesting it's an interesting puzzle. I get just like the whole thing. I get in debates with people and and, and this election has really brought it to the forefront the and and i was having these arguments before all this nonsense but people complaining about political correctness especially comedians do a lot um uh and and i would get in arguments with them it's like yeah i i mean i see what you're saying and, and and maybe college kids are being too sensitive or whatever but when you think about what political correctness is it just it and and yeah, can always go too far. You know what I mean? It's it's a delicate balance. I I I would agree, but I would say for me, it's been a very positive thing, and it continues to be because you know you you think about stuff from your perspective, and you don't necessarily remember to you know walk a mile in another person's shoes. 
Yeah. Right. So when when you uh, like say have some dumb opinion about something, um, and and then someone goes, you know, dude, that's not cool. That's you know offensive to me. I think a, a number of people will react and say, oh, don't tell me to be politically correct. Blah 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 blah. But I'm always. Right. <laughs> but for me, it's like, oh shit. And then I think about it from their perspective and try to imagine it. And then I go, oh shit, you're right. I don't. I'm not saying that anymore i mean i look back yeah. on old you know late night comedy shows that i used to do and i'm like jesus fucking christ i can't believe that was a joke in a show that i did you know what i mean yeah i would i, do. I would I do. never do it now um but i mean it's, a, it's definitely about finding that that balance and and trying to i mean i like making fun of a lot of stuff i don't mind being made fun of. I don't mind if certain qualities about the things I can't control, like my gender or my color, are made fun of. Um, that doesn't mean everyone feels that way. And and I feel like I am constantly kind of trying to find a balance between being sensitive and not making things worse on a societal level, but mm-hmm. also being able to satirize or being able to laugh about something painful or... You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, and, and I still... I mean, to I, I still like pushing the envelope with yeah, it, with, and, we, and we should be because there's stuff that gets addressed because of that kind of stuff, and that that shouldn't be used as an excuse for like you know unacceptable behavior in in any context. But I do think that you know thoughtful discourse can come out of pushing the envelope in that way. And you know, it, I mean, you're the worst is a good example of doing that. Like, there's stuff in there that I'm sure offends some people, but it's. To me, it's done in a way that that I'm much happier it's out there in the world than not. Yes, I agree, and and I'm sure you know. Thirty years down the road, we might look back and go, "Ooh, maybe we shouldn't have done that joke." <laughs> um, um, but I, I can't. It's just like those jokes that I look back on from 15 years ago. I'll go, "Ooh, I shouldn't have done that joke." But you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't done as an act of prejudice or making fun of a group. It was just trying to – and at the time, those those things were acceptable. You know what I mean? Right. As, as, yeah, and I think that's – yeah. As, as comedy that pushes the envelope. So I still try to push it, but in, in – I try to be respectful and do it in an intelligent way. Um, yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's the the place to come at it from with the understanding that we all uh, don't know what we don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like we don't know how we're going to feel, but we can't. Uh, it's hard to sort of free, freeze yourself from doing anything that you might end up looking back on and going, oh, 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 if I knew then. You know, again, it goes. Through, yeah. It goes through well, thing. and some people are knee jerky if they hear. If they hear any sort of crap, like, you know, my parents would, if they watched You're the Worst, which I tell them not to do, and they have not. <laughs> uh, um, and in fact, every time, you know, like when we had our uh, sex scene last season, I very specifically said, if you are a member of my family, don't watch this. Yes. Do not. Yes. And But if you're not, then watch it. It's hilarious. Um, right. and, and my brother didn't listen to me and, and texted me, you know, right after the episode aired and said, you know, that was really funny, but you're right. I should not have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> you warned him. You warned him. 
<laughs> I did. Uh, guys, if you have not seen that episode, uh, let me go ahead and strongly encourage you to do so unless you are a member of Todd's family. Um, <laughs> and I hope that you're watching season three. And I am going to have to hop off because I have to do that other call. Uh, but this has taken us to somewhere in the range of um, an hour 15 plus. So that's about a standard app. And even though it was ass backwards and we're all over the place and I have absolutely no idea what the sound quality is going to be like from uh, <laughs> chunk to chunk. Um, I can't wait to hear it all stitched together Frankenstein style. And um, Todd, uh, you guys, if I think we brought it up uh, very early on when we were doing our mash together uh, that we had done an episode of Todd's podcast together, which is kind of a fun companion piece to this because we really dive deep into our both our mutual uh, obsession with movies. And also you should check out uh, Film Pigs, which is uh, the kind of sketch and movie review um, show that uh, that Stephen Falk and Todd do together with friends and um, and would you want to tell everybody like places they can see and hear that stuff? Uh, sure. Um, well, the podcast that you're referencing is called the Toncast, um, which is on iTunes. Um, and uh, the Film Pigs, uh, the web series is on a. a, a a website called Geek Nation, um, but you can go to filmpigs.com and link to all that stuff that we do because we have podcasts and movie commentaries and all that BS. Love it. Yeah. We're nerds. Love it. And you're on and, – and your Twitter handle is? It is <laughs> – people get so mad at me about this. Uh, it's Ton Slingdog. Yeah. Because T O N S L I N G two 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 ends right? two ends two ends yeah God damn you yeah sorry about that yeah even I even I am angry now yeah I um, apologize awesome awesome <laughs> my friend well uh, I I hope to see you sooner than later and uh, thank you so much for for finally finishing this with me I am I'm glad I got to it was a lot of fun uh, you're a boy of fall not a boy of summer oh. That doesn't mean I don't still insist that you sing a little bit of Boys of Summer. Uh, by oh, shit. Right. The yeah, Don Hanley element. Right. I thought you were going to get away clean, and so did I. And then suddenly I remembered. I'm so like the dude from The Big Lebowski when it comes to the Eagles. Um, <laughs> all right. Here we go. But I did see Don Henley in concert once. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that, that basically absolves you of any, anything that's about to happen. Uh, all right. Uh, let me see. Uh I saw a de- I, I don't know how it starts. I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. I thought, can't look back. I never look back. I can okay. see you. Something's in the sun. Maybe you should put some lipstick on, baby. <laughs> it's the summer, and the boys of summer will soon be gone. But I still will love you after the aforementioned boys of summer <laughs> have gone. Huh? <laughs> well, I can't. I can't imagine a rendition more uh, apt to never have that sung again until next summer. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, thank you so much. And uh, guys, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 